Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and AJ coming to you answering some listener questions on the show today. But first of all, the uh, the big thing going on right now in news in the Avalanche. Martin Kaut put on waivers today. Kind of a, a two-part question here going in with Martin Kaut. One... Why Martin Kaut? But two, does this mean the Avs are close to getting some guys back, AJ? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw a practice today uh, <clears throat> that Balnachushkin looks like he's either going to be good to go tomorrow against the Rangers or Sunday against the Blues. Um, he looks ready to go, man. I mean, he's yep. full contact. He's skating hard. He's doing everything. Um, we know that the Avs have been slow in the past to bring these guys back into the lineup um, because they've had sort of the luxury, luxury of, yeah. of runway. I would be curious if, in the face of everything going on right now, if that continued. Um, it does. It also, I mean, Darren Helm and, and Arturi Lekkanen are, are skating be close, in, yeah. in in. Um, non-contact sweaters. I almost said red, but I don't know if they're actually red anymore. I don't know if they're red or orange, and I don't want to get into it. Oh, so, God. Yeah, we don't need to have this conversation again. <laughs> so, um, non, yeah, no, they're in non-contact sweaters. So, right there, like, it'd be kind of a weird one, but you could make the argument that that's a line. If you if you wanted, that would be a weird line, but you could do putting, it. Putting Darren Helm in the middle of those, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, really, like Miko will go in the middle of those two, but certainly Nachushkin looks like in the next couple of days he'll be ready to rock. Um, and then who knows on Helm and. <laughs> Sure. Uh, Helm and Lekkinen, like what the next steps are. I know Rodriguez has started skating a little bit too, so. Lots of guys trending in the right direction, though. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think that's kind of what makes this whole, like the McKinnon injury was like the one that like pushed everybody over the edge, where it was like, they're they're getting close, and you know, they can't keep having, having these injuries, they're getting close, and then McKinnon went, and it was just like, Oh boy, man. <laughs> and the timing of it is so interesting because he's out for a month. Well, <clears throat> by the time that month ends and both he and Manson are, are about to return, everybody else but Landy could realistically should, be back with should at least Byram, be close, yeah. Byram being the only real question mark of like, we really don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Definitely a weird one with with Bo, but yeah, beyond he, its he lower goes, body, like super mysterious injury. He's been seen wandering around uh, the locker room and and out and about, like like we've seen Byram. Yep, and he and he had started to skate, and now he's not, and so it's like, well, yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. It's that's a weird one, but uh, a lot of these guys should should be back before McKinnon, and yeah. that is encouraging. I mean, that's that's where you're like, okay, you know, that's 
Yeah, that, uh, kind of what we have talked about a little bit before on the show. If the Avs can get through like the second week of December, you start to feel like maybe this team can get a roster back to where winning some games is a realistic expectation. Yeah, I mean, they still have to win games, man. They can't lose every game for the next two weeks. You just can't. I I hear you, but also it's hard to put any expectations on this lineup right now. I, for me, um, they've got to find ways to win some of these games. Okay, they just I mean, have to. I we'll we'll talk about it more in a little bit. The other side of that question, Martin Cout, the one waved. I doubt you're surprised on this one, but I don't get it. Options like Sampo Ranta could have been sent back down or or otherwise. Jean-Luc, well, like, plenty of other just, choices. You just watched a team claim Jason Megna in that maybe too, yeah. the world's weirdest waiver claim of all time. Yeah. Um, a, a, a bad team claims, like, a bottom-tier guy. A non-impact player, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's too early for... It's too early to be like, oh, they're... They're very clearly tanking and like they have and Anaheim is one of those teams that has so many young guys that can use ice time that mm-hmm. that what the f- massive WTF for me um, with that claim. So I don't have any confidence at this point that Martin Kout gets through. Um, I think if if scouts had been watching closely, they I, they would see what I see, which is a. An inconsistent an player, yeah. an inconsistent guy who just is really, really miscast in the system that he is in right now. Um, and and like he again, like his inconsistency is why I think he's first on waivers. You you look at last night's game against, and the entire roster is overmatched. Yep, and like. You know, Ben Myers has one nice play, and the rest of it is a total nightmare, but there's a nice play there that he doesn't finish, oddly enough, to count in front of the net. Um, There's, you know, um, Cal Burke in his his debut had the one nice centering feed to Rantanen in front. Doesn't even get a shot on goal, but... Nothing after that, yeah. Yeah, and, and like... You're looking up and down. You're like, yeah, this was fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just, it was fine. And Martin Cout really feel like he just kind of got lost in all of those guys last night. Yep. So the timing of it, I think, makes sense. But to ignore the entire body of work here, where Cout has actually had a string of some solid games. He's made some nice plays. Like has avoided for the most part the the disaster game. It's just a really their approach to him continues. I mean, it's consistent, right? They they just want something more and different. They want something more. They want something different from him. Um, and he is who he is. And I think the biggest struggle with Cout at this point is that Cout is just not fit to be in uh, on a team that really wants to get up and down the ice and, and 
play with the kind of pace that they do. We've seen he just he's just not really great for that. And what do you do? You know, um, yep. You know, you you're trying to make it work, and and I I again I think that there's been a lot of like fine play where I've been, I've liked a lot of things that he's done. Certainly, personally, would have sent a couple of other people down before him, but the Avs pretty clearly see this a certain way, and it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's well, and and we've also seen guys go on waivers and stick around in Colorado before. Also true. Just just weird that they were so aggressive to do that after the Magna claim, like you were talking about. Yeah, because if if he gets if he gets claimed, uh, if Cal gets claimed, now now you've lost Magna and Cal, yeah. and it's and it's it's very fair to wonder, you know, uh, at at that point, instead of getting bodies back, you're still playing Cal Burke. And no offense to Cal Burke, but. That dude played his first right. NHL well, like, game last night. <laughs> like, well, and and like there was a reason that he was your eleventh like call up or whatever, yeah. right? Like you didn't have him high on that packing order. You didn't. He was not a priority to to get him into the NHL and give him looks. Like you you made that move when you had to make that move. Yep. And it's I don't know. To me, it is. It's odd that Cout is like he. It's like he's the fall guy here. Yep. Because it, you know them putting waivers and and uh, putting Megna and Galchenyuk on waivers to to be sent down. Uh, and then to call two other guys up. That's a clear sign of like we're just not. These guys are hurting us. Yeah. Uh, because we saw huge defensive errors from both of those guys that cost them goals in games where they just don't have the margin for error for guys to be making those kinds of mistakes right now. Yeah. Uh, so swapping the, you know, putting those guys on waiver, sending them down, and then swapping them out for different AHL or different AHL call-ups, that's one thing. But if Cout is going down simply to put Val Nachushkin in the lineup, like, is your lineup really better with Martin Kaut in Loveland and Versus. Val Nachushkin in his place? Like, the, sure. the options are you have, and we'll just use Burke because he was the most recent, yeah, um, not, one. like, a personal thing against him, of course. Uh, right. But, like, is your is your lineup better off with, Burke and Nachushkin or Kaut and Nachushkin? Just pick a name in the Avs bottom six. And there's probably an argument for some of them that, yeah, they'd be better off with that guy over Martin Well, and, like, a a guy like Jean-Luc Foudy, I think, has done enough for your, like, okay, like, maybe you can give him a couple more games. I don't think he's been anywhere near as solid as a lot of people are are making it out to be. Um, I, I just think he's a really good skater, and that's easy to notice. Yep, agree. Uh, but when it comes when it comes to actually doing things, I don't think he's been particularly impactful. You want to talk about a guy that has actually had a little bit of an impact, but Charles Udon has been. I mean, he had certainly seven can, shots on goal yeah, in his first certainly game. Certainly can like, throw the puck at the net. That's for sure. <laughs> and and the frustrating part there is that uh, of those seven, five of them were probably really high quality, and none of them went in. 
Yeah, um, and like none go in, you know, it happens to Nathan McKinnon all the time. But true. I mean, obviously he's not Nathan McKinnon, but <laughs> like what I'm saying is that Udon is, has come up and actually like done some now his defensive zone work is a true like miscarriage of justice. But at least on one end of the ice, he's he's contributing something. He's he's right moving the ball he's forward. He's not there. just a guy who's there. Um, so like with Udon, like that's a guy that's making an impact where I'm like, you know, that's a guy that I think you can say, Which, all right, keep him. Yeah. I mean, for, for the time being, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of conversations to have there. I know everyone's all hype on Dryden hunt after the fight the other night, but well, and like Dryden, Dryden hunt, I think has, especially like the, the track record that he showed with the Rangers last year. Like there's some, I get it. I, there's I, some I, rope there. I get it. But that guy really has not provided you with anything in 15 games now. Yeah. I, I, I think what he's provided you is he's, he's given you a physical edge. He's given you a try hard. He's given you a, a hard four checker. He's got very, very, very little puck skill. Um, this is not Nicholas Abe Kubel who can do some of those same things, but could score a few goals along the way. Um, I mean, Dryden Hunt's one goal was a blind, just backhanded hope for the best, rebound, yeah, just, <laughs> and just slipped through a five hole. Right, like it's a good play, it's a good goal. They needed that goal, but um, when it comes to the offense, we've seen we've seen multiple occasions where he has not finished really high quality chances um, that have largely been set up for him by others. Yep. Uh, uh, but with hunt, I think I, I just think like there's like, that is a strict role player that when everybody is healthy, he does kind of the same thing that Curtis McDermott does for you, but in just a better overall package for what the abs want. I just, He's not as big, but he still hits. He's still willing to fight. He's a much better skater. He goes in hard on the forecheck. Like that guy, that guy strikes me as if he's taking Curtis McDermott's job as, as the 13th forward uh, in a healthy lineup, I'm cool there. Sure. I just, I struggle to see if there wasn't the waiver conversation around him. I struggle to see him on the roster. But as we know, if he gets uh, on waivers, I definitely, I don't. I don't struggle to see him because Bednar has shown he wants a guy like this. He he likes a guy like this on in his bottom six, you know, going back to Gabe Bork. You know, in his first year here, he's always he's always wanted at least one of these guys hanging around the edge of the roster for him to 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 use in this way. Personally, I'm a lot happier with Dryden Hunt as a 13th guy as the 13th forward than Curtis McDermott. I mean, sure. And and really, like, if that makes McDermott the 14th forward, then you're talking about some forward. Because, again, McDermott at forward is not a thing that I've hated. So those are two depth forwards who do the same thing for you, but you just have more of it now. All right. That's not the worst thing in the world. In any case, we do have to move on a little bit. Uh, a question from Sam O Sorry. here who uh, says, Makar's play has been down from his stellar performances that we're usually used to. Do you all think it's because of him trying to play more defensively with most of the AHL players right now, or is he just having a bad start to the season? Uh, one, his start really isn't that bad. 
He's got 24 points in 24 games. We yeah. really can't be sitting here dogging a guy for a bad start when he's he's that. Is it that unbelievable super god tier? No. Is it still really insanely elite? Yes. Uh, but two, and AJ, you know, I, I have talked about this off air. I mean, that dude's just running out of gas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's playing every situation imaginable. Um, what was that? I don't know if you guys heard that. Um, nope. Great. Then it's just me being crazy. Uh, <laughs> he's playing in every situation imaginable. And you got to remember, like, as much as the goal scoring is, is like, one of the things that separates him from his peers, he's a very high-end playmaker. And right now, who's he making plays for? Nobody. <laughs> you know, it... we've seen – we've. I mean, even – was it the Winnipeg game? He he makes an unbelievable in that game, yeah, unbelievable play at the top of the zone, dances everybody, and with a with an insane find of Alex Newhook on the back door, it and it goes between his Newhook's legs. Stick. Yep, yep. So, uh, it's just it's one of those things, man, where you're just. The playmaking is kind of lost on the group around him right now. And you can see that he's pressing, trying to do more on his own. You know, last night, I think there was a really good example when they were at, they were at four on four Mm -hmm. and he jumped a pass high in the defensive zone, right at the blue line. And it ended up, he ended up knocking it away and it, it uh, went over the bench. And it was either that it was either that or ended up offside. And anyway, they blew the whistle immediately on it, and nothing came of it. But that was one where he saw an opportunity for him to be able to do all of it as an individual. Yeah, exactly. And he he took that chance. If he misses that, it's real bad. <laughs> it's a really it's a really big problem. Yep. But he saw he saw that in in Philadelphia. You look in Philadelphia. He makes that play. He yep. makes the play along the wall and gets a breakaway in the third period. He just doesn't finish it. Yep. He just doesn't, and he he gets slashed on the hands, and it should have been a penalty shot, especially given the penalty shot yeah, that they had just called seen against McDonald the, the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And if not a penalty shot, it should have been a, should have been a fucking power play it for sure. Something yeah. like yeah. it really should have been. There was clear. It was clear separation. Everything. It was all the all the hallmark of of a penalty shot for me. Um, but Hart makes the save there. He just doesn't finish that. But yep. that was one where, like, uh, look, if he finishes that play, he finishes that game with a goal and an assist. And are we having this conversation right now? I don't think we are. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the margin of error is that is that Kale McCarr now has to. And same thing with Miko Ranton. They now have to do all of it. Yep, all of it. And if they if if they don't do all of it, they're not getting it from anywhere else. I mean, what was dangerous last night? I wrote this. I I, I imagine four people read my piece that I wrote last <laughs> night. But the Avs had in all situations, the Avs generated ten scoring chances last night. All right, you guys know how bad that is. I'd be willing to bet that you don't. <laughs> the worst team in the NHL at at generating scoring chances is Chicago Blackhawks. They averaged twenty two per game. So I was like, all right, 10 seems bad. 
Let's go back a ways. The Evs regularly generate 10 in one period. (laughs) When when was the last time the Avs had uh, a game that that they generated that little in terms of quality Uh, of scoring chances? Do you want want to know? Because I know the answer. I I think they had one where it was like 14 or 15 not that long ago, but 10, it has to be like years. Everybody remember that 10-1 loss in Montreal? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. There were two instances in December of 2016 where the Avs had 10 scoring chances. Yeah. Uh, one of them was that 10-1 loss, and one of them was a 2 nothing loss to Minnesota, in which they only generated .66 expected Jeez. goals in the entire game. Last night, the Avs generated 1.02 expected goals in all situations that is a game with four power play opportunities yep they did nothing i mean they there there was nothing yep. so this this makar question is is makar a unicorn and super duper special and amazing and all that yes but it, especially for a defenseman especially for miko rantanen these are two guys whose playmaking is arguably their greatest strength. Now, for Miko, that's frustrating because he's such an unbelievable shooter that you're like, just do that more! <laughs> but he is who he is. And he's he's a high-end playmaker trying to, trying to make something happen for those guys around him. And right now, you know, how does Charles Udon end up with seven shots on goal? He plays next to Miko Rantanen. He plays with Kale McCarr behind him. You know, he gets guys that he gets guys that give him opportunities. Yep. Oddly enough, his little breakaway that Houdon had was started by Martin Kaut. Yep. And you know, just no there's just no finish. So it's I think it's 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 tough to to say that that's that Kale McCarr's off to a slow start or it's not a great start or anything. He's watched he's watched all the guys that that he's watched all of his running mates go down. I I get to use my favorite phase phrase with the abs right now. They just ran out of talent. Not fair enough. Yeah. Different phrase, but anyway, we are brought to you by pins and aces, the official golf apparel merchandiser of DNVR family owned and based right out of Colorado here. So you can go over to pins and and use the code DNVR. when you check out to get 15% off your order. Of course, they have apparel, they have golf bags, they have the beer koozie you can put in your golf bag, all sorts of amazing stuff. The gear is great for the golf course, but also great off the golf course if you're into polos and things like that. So check them out, pinsandaces.com. Use the DNVR code when you check out. And we're also brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. You go over there, you bet $5 when you sign up for a new account with code DNVR. And you get $150 in free bets if you pick the NHL team to win their next hockey game. As long as you get that right, $150 to play with on DraftKings Sportsbook. You take nice that money. to have that shit last night. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a pretty easy bet to take Boston. It was, especially because they were plus. They were like yep. plus 180. Which is crazy. Yeah. That was free money. Vegas, you paying attention to the abs at all? Or did you just lose so much money last year? You're not taking chances. <laughs> anyway, bet on uh, bet on the abs opponent if you want. Bet on Hialai. Bet on darts. It doesn't matter. You can bet on anything with DraftKings. Uh, just be sure to use that DNVR code. 
Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, this question comes from Ryan who says, do you think Avs fans are starting to get too rowdy slash mean, or are we doing what all fans do? Giving a couple examples of throwing stuff on the ice, uh, fights in the stands and being mad at Tyson Jost. Uh, I don't think it was being mad at Tyson Jost so much as it was the way that people treated him on social media after the trade. And then after they won the cup. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, that's obviously, yeah. That, that's ridiculous. Um, it's also none of that is unique to the Avs fan base. I, I would say all three of those things are pretty unacceptable, but especially for a fan base who is now at the top and is growing rapidly, every fan base has their assholes, unfortunately. Just kind of the reality of... Especially one that's growing fast and people are jumping on bad bandwagons and things like that. With yeah. I mean, the best attitudes. <clears throat> I was in Winnipeg for the fight in the stands where the, the two abs fans were getting kicked out and then s- started a whole brouhaha. And, uh, I was running the DNVR abs Twitter account that night and everybody was mad. Yep. Like, Avs fans were embarrassed by that. We were all embarrassed by that. Yep. Like you don't want you don't want that that you don't want that being associated with your fan base and having that nonsense. It sucks. Like it, it's just that sucks. Yep. Don't be dumb. Yeah, and none of that is unique to the to, to Avalanche fans, and I just think that people. Social media has made tough guys out of all of us, and now we've started translating some of that into in-person, and people are just... I, I feel like this is a society on the whole conversation where <laughs> we're just not very nice to each other anymore. Yep. You know, just a, you know, a pleasant interaction is one where you just, like, pass somebody by on the street and you nod at them and they nod at you, and there's... No opportunity for any static to get started. So I just, you know, I don't, I just don't think that this is an abs fan thing. I think that this is a, people are just wildly out of pocket far too often. Yep. Across all fan bases. Uh, yeah. Next question from Joseph. TOI was actually evenly spread out last night. Do you see that continuing until healthy? Avs defenseman had more shots on golden forwards. Is that a stat that's alarming? For the TOI, any game that gets out of hand and the Avs have no real chance of winning or vice versa, any blowout, you're going to see the, the TOI get more balanced out. But Bednar has pretty clearly proven in any game that is close, he's going to ride his big guns. There was no point last night. Right. That game was over, over by the end of the well, second Well, and period. like, to be honest with you, why why even lean heavily on those guys even if you are winning a game you at this point i'm more i'm more nervous about them giving these guys extra shifts and them doing something dumb and getting themselves hurt I, i'm with you but you know how nhl head coaches operate yeah, they're course. trying to they're get two points wins. in the moment yeah you understand yep. 
especially because when you look at you look at the backbreaking mistakes that are being made every night. Yep. Alex Galchenyuk with the penalty, and then Jacob McDonald misses misses a coverage, and you know it's it's all those guys where you're like, well, if I just limit their time on ice, they can't do that to me. It's true. And then you overwork your top guys, and they, and they get hurt. Get hurt. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I can't win. Yeah, definitely a tough spot. Uh, defensemen having more shots on goal than forwards is a byproduct of the Avs having a bunch of forwards that, let's face it, last night they just weren't dangerous. They didn't. They weren't capable of getting to the dangerous areas of the ice against a team like Boston because the skill difference was just too large. Sampo Ranta got a scoring chance in the third period, and it was the first time I had realized he was in the game. Yep. Like, outside of looking at the initial lineup yeah, sure. at the start, it was the first time that I noticed him it, the uh, entire night. And it was like five minutes left in the third. It, it's just the reality of the game is Boston, it was pretty easy for them to keep the Evs to the edges, to the perimeter, <laughs> because, yeah, it was. Their Boston was yeah. playing against an AHL team for the most yeah. part. Like, well, and Boston's really good. Like, we should not be acting like last night is what every game is going to look like for the next few weeks. For sure, it's not. Boston's the best team on the schedule you, you for the rest of the year. Could not have picked a worse team to play twice with the Abs in their current state. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like the only like you're talking, you're talking like pick one of the the teams off to an insane. So like, you don't want any piece of New Jersey. You don't want any, yep. you don't want anything to do with Vegas right now. Like. Leave all those guys for all those teams for when you have a chance. Yep. You know, like uh, even the even the Islanders coming into Denver in a few weeks. That one, you're like, Ugh. we'll Not see what great. the roster looks yeah. like. But so, you know, Philly coming back to town, like you're gonna have the and they were competitive in the Philly game. Yep. It, it slipped away with from them in large part because they lost Nathan McKinnon in the middle of the hockey game. Well, <laughs> and and so now you're not only down Nathan McKinnon, but you're down to 11 forwards just total yep. in that game. Yep. And then you get a bad performance out of Georgiev, who gives mm-hmm. up a just an absolute backbreaking third goal yep. in the Flyers. That one game. you just can't have. Yep. That third goal, and it was to me, it was like the third goal last night, but it was three. It, at that point, it was it was game three. Was nine, over it was over anyway. Third yeah. Game shit. Yeah, I do. I did. I did enjoy uh, Mark Rycroft being like, oh, we know Trent Frederick can shoot. And it's like he has half his goals on the season against the Avs <laughs> in the last week, man. <laughs> Feasting on the baddies. <laughs> Next question. Realistically speaking, what record do the Eagle Anch need to have in December in order to keep us in playoff reach? Well, that really I, I mean, we don't know what that is because. We don't know it, how the teams it, around it them vastly depends on what the roster looks like. Yeah. Well, and and like we don't know what we don't know what Minnesota and St. Louis and Nashville are going to do. Also true. We don't but, know how those teams are going to so fare. Throw out the playoff part. What's a realistic expectation? I 500 should be the goal. Okay. Even with this group, five you're at home. Like 500, 500 needs to be the goal through the new year. Just go 500 and you'll be fine. Now, that sucks because it's a lot of home games. But, again, they don't play anybody else on Boston's level. And they get a couple of – they get the Flyers and the Coyotes. Some very winnable games coming up yeah, for sure. They Their New Year's Eve game, I think, is That's Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. That's a problem. 
Yeah. But they have L.A. before that. L.A. has get Nashville a few times. Yeah. Yeah. L.A. has uh, hasn't does doesn't at the moment can't stop a puck like. Yeah, this, <clears throat> they have the Rangers, which is tough. But after that, the Canadians are in town. Like, yep, yeah. Flyers, Buffalo, Nashville, New York, Canadians, Nashville, Arizona, LA. Like, if they get any help from guys like Matushkin coming back, five hundred should definitely be doable. It's not a murderer's row of a schedule. It's a soft part of the schedule where. At the start of the year, you were like, oh, my God, they are going to shit on December. <laughs> and they just haven't been – they're not healthy enough for you to feel that way right now. Right now, you're like, oh, my God, are they, are, are they, can they even score two goals in a game right now? <laughs> Would be nice. <laughs> they scored three <clears throat> technically against the Flyers. Never mind that two of them came in the last three minutes. Yeah, well, and like – Look who scored those. Miko does some awesome shit, and then it's a great play from Comfort and New Hook. Like, great. Yep. Let's just do that. Yep. It's, it's the reality. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the bar. You can also get it wherever you are in the United States. And apparently, it's starting to make its way into Canada. I've heard a couple people reach out say they found the winter ale up in Canada. So you might be able to get some of it in Canada. Go to breckbrew.com. Use their beer finder to get it at a local liquor store near you. And we're also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area. When you get a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. Make sure you jump on it and get your teeth nice and clean. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Next question. Do you think any of the Eagles stick on this roster going forward? Is that a no? <laughs> um, I really don't, man. Me, I, I just, you know, you know what? So here's here's the path to an eagle sticking on this roster. Ben Myers figures it out and starts looking like an NHLer, and then that guy can eventually slide into a fourth line center role. Okay. That's about the only one I see realistically having a chance to stick. And ben right Myers now, Ben Myers is not playing. Better. Yeah, right. Right now, it's not close. Like, Yeah. Um, You know, the one guy that I really wonder about that feels like the X factor here is Jean-Luc Foodie to me. Sure. Because his style has fit in so nicely that I wonder, I wonder if Bednar is just like, man, I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> you know, like I just, I just wonder if if Bedner sees that he sees the playmaking and yeah, you know, and he sees the skating and he sees, hey, I could I could pair that guy with Alex Newhook and JT Comfer and we could have a really interesting fast combo. and yeah. talented group together that you know it's got a guy in Comfer who can dig pucks every once in a while and like we'll see. Flying by the seat of your pants defensively a little bit there, but yeah. Outside of that, man, I think the answer is no. 
and I don't think that I disagree with Cameron. I don't I don't think that it's because guys haven't earned it. It's because the guys that are coming back are hard. Like they're not putting Darren Helm on waivers. They're not putting Andrew Cogliano on waivers. Like I mean, realistically, there is in a world where the Evs are healthy, there is one forward spot available. And and, and it, between Curtis McDermott and Jacob McDonald, they have two guys that they've invested in that can swing between forward and defense so that they don't need to use a roster spot on just a forward or whatever. Well, they can save they're saving the money with the with guys and, that can do both. And and to and your that's point where I earlier, think they run into the hardest part. Well on top of that one of these guys has to beat out Dryden Hunt for that spot, first of all. Yeah. And and honestly, personally, I would have made an argument that maybe Cout is doing that, but clearly the Avs don't feel that way, and I don't think anyone else is really that close. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. So. On all those points, that Cout was doing it, and that um, now it doesn't seem to matter, and that Hunt is now the guy, that's the guy that you have to gun for. Because he's got yep. that inside track. So, all right. It's what it is. Uh, yeah, and I will say it's been a lot of great experience for some of these guys. But you're talking about, this is why, this is why when we talk about promoting one of these guys and having, you know, oh, well, like, maybe, maybe these, one of these guys becomes an NHL player. Maybe two of them, if you're really lucky, can become an NHL player. So, you know, something like that, like, it's really hard to get there because most of these guys have been really good AHL players at some point in their careers. You know, really the only one who just hasn't shown much in either place is Ben Myers. And that's because he just hasn't had very much time there. He was hurt down with the Eagles. So yeah, he just, there just hasn't been a lot of time. Yep. Um, All right. A couple more questions here. I'm going to kind of combine these. A lot of people asking, should the Avs make yeah, a trade in the NHL, man? Yep. He's a successful player with Boston, no less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should the Avs make a trade? Call it a panic trade. Call it an injury trade, whatever you want. Ultimately, the answer here is probably no, because they don't really have the salary cap to do that. Even with guys on IR, since almost all of them, except for Landy are expected back within a month. Yeah. And Landy's expected back before, by the end you of know, January, right, yeah. right around February. Yep. <clears throat> so my question, my question, and I would, I, I hope that one of the, at least one of the peeps that is asking about a trade is in chat because I, my, I want a follow-up question of what do you want them to trade for? Well, there was right a, now. there was a follow-up question of, and Great. this is more hypothetical. If you could take a role player from any team in the NHL, bottom six or bottom pairing D, who would it be and why? I wouldn't. That's not what they need. Fair enough. And, I mean, and and this is ultimately like, there are there are role players around the league that I really like. Where I'm like, oh, if that guy was an Av, I wouldn't hate that. You know, like I. It's if funny you enough. ignore context and price and yeah, if you ignore, salary if you considerations, all the different factors, <laughs> yeah, like right. you know, like I really, really like Adam Lowry in Winnipeg, like as a three C, as a big guy that does a lot of different things. Like I really like that kind like, of player. Well, 
But in no way would in no universe are the Jets entertaining moving that guy or whatever. And, you know, like it's just not realistic. So the reality is if the Avs make a move now, it becomes that much harder for them to go make a bigger move at the deadline to get a 2C or a a whatever that they want to go out and get, whether that's Jonathan Taves or Bo Horvat or whoever your favorite guy is that you want Dylan the Avs Larkin. to pick up. Sure, whatever. Like, any move they make now, I would say nearly eliminates them from being able to do something like that at the deadline. Well, and if the move is Dylan Larkin, then, well, you don't need to go get a 2C at the deadline anymore. Sure. And, like, like, if, if they want to do that you, move tomorrow, you, great, but... You busted that nut already. Like, you can't... You, yeah. You're not... You're done at the deadline the right. moment you make that deal because you don't have any assets left. Yep. Um, the big thing here is they don't have the money for it. Um, they don't have the money. They, they could probably conjure up the assets if they really wanted to but it would it would be the cupboards would be bare after well that. and it would be one of those conversations where you're like okay if it's an if it's a futures deal they give up a first round pick they give up oscar olison they give up sean barons there you go yeah it, it, they give it now up. what it, do you have left and i mean if you do that you better not miss yeah i mean it better be arturi lekanen right like it yeah. better be Hell, it, it it better be a guy that you can keep. Yeah. Because uh, if it's Dylan Larkin or Bo, Bo Horvat, they can't keep them. Yep. They can't keep. They can't keep those guys. You have to win the cup this year with that guy, otherwise it's done. You yep. can't keep them, and yep. then you're back to looking for a two C, and now you don't have any of those assets. All right. That's most of the Twitter questions. Chat. We can open it up to you. If you guys have any questions, you can throw them in there. Uh, I I will continue to say that the the guy that the guy that makes the most sense is Jonathan Taves. He's driving play at a really high level this year. His defense is not what it used to be, but he also checks a bunch of boxes where he's a pending UFA that you know you don't really need. You know we'll see how he fits, and then maybe you bring him back. Whatever, maybe he finds new life here, and you know you get really lucky and whatever, right? He fits your he fits your dire need for a guy that can win a face off uh, in a in a big situation. Uh, he's got all the veteran experience and championship experience and captaincy and all that that teams absolutely fall all over themselves for. All of those things are there. He checks all those boxes, and to be honest with you, he just doesn't justify the cost. Like because Dylan Larkin, because Bo Horvat, because Brock Besser. Some of these other it's guys, maybe they're going to be Taves for a second round pick in 2025 or a whatever. Second, yeah. a, 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 it's it's probably because the Avs don't have any second round picks. It's probably going to take a prospect that Chicago likes. Sure. You know, whatever. as long as it's not Sean, Sean Barron's to me has to be untouchable. Yep, um, agreed. And I would say Oscar Olauson's got to be pretty close to untouchable. Yeah, and the first be... round pick. The first round pick's not untouchable, but for but for it, Jonathan for Taves, Taves, it is. No. Yeah. It's no, you're not giving up the first for Taves. It's gonna be Colby Ambrosio, and I'm gonna be sad. <laughs> I would be sad as well. Uh, so. Chicago can retain 50% of his salary. Uh, I do wonder if the Avs do go that route. I do wonder if they do a little 
send him through Arizona to get an extra 50% retained. But Well, and if they do launder him through another team, they don't really, again, you're talking about they don't have many assets here. When we talk about this, yes, they've got a first-round pick, but that doesn't mean that you just use it and you're done with it. You're not giving up, at this point, today, you're not giving up a first-round pick for Jonathan Taves. You're just not. Mm-hmm. The thing about laundering through him through another team is like we we see teams can do that for like a sixth round pick these days. It's really and if they if they will do that, like if if they'll take it. Look, uh, they could do a fourth round pick next year, okay? But they've got no seconds this year. Or next, they've got no third this year. Or next, they don't have a fourth this year. And they don't have a fifth next year. The only year in which they have all of their picks still is twenty twenty five. Yep. So if they want a second round pick, 2025 second round pick for Chicago for Jonathan Taves, if that's if that's what it would take, do do it. But you're not giving up the first. Yeah, I agree. You're just not not for Jonathan Taves. He started the year really hot where you were like, maybe. But now he's returned back to earth a little bit. And you're having like where you're like, yeah, we're right back to no, he's not. He's not a guy that you're giving up a first round pick for. You're just not. You've given up. You've given up a couple years worth of first-round picks. You know, you gave up the pick for for Kemper last year. You gave up Justin Barron last year. Like, yep, you've given you up need, a lot. And and you can't you can't just be like, oh, we're gonna, you know, oh, the AHL depth is so bad. None of these guys are any good. And then be like, well, we're also gonna get rid of all picks. Like. You have to put something into your farm system at some point. So. I, I, yeah, I look, I'm with you. A significant move when it comes to the farm system, the cupboards are already pretty darn thin. Yeah. I mean, you have nobody on defense past Sean Barron's. Literally. There was was a conversation like, like maybe Zhravilov and then that whole situation goes against the Avs. Yeah. Yeah. It it is what it is. Uh the Avs are gonna run out of assets sooner rather than later. So they gotta make it work one way or another. Yeah, and like they've already and, and look, they, they went to the mats with those assets uh last year and worth it. Well it, right, like never gonna say it was a bad move, obviously. It worked out as good as is possible. Well, it's so. not, it wasn't even just that they won the cup. I mean, obviously that's the big piece there, but they also retained all those guys. Cogliano, Lekkinen, um, Manson, all of them are on this year's roster. If they go and get a Bo Horvat or whatever, that won't be the case. Yep. That guy, they cannot bring that guy back. The thing, the thing that you're talking about with a, with a Jonathan Taves is that, at 35 years old, he's not he's not looking for a big time contract. Maybe you could keep him for a year or two. Hopefully, I mean, depending on his play, of course. But it's it it's certainly. But the uh, where they are right now, uh, you don't even know what they need at the deadline, right? right. Because That's what they've I was not say. they've not been healthy enough for you to select. Look, between, with 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 Nachushkin and and uh, Landeskog in your lineup, if Evan Rodriguez is a perfect fit between those two guys, you don't need to go get a two C. Maybe you're talking about getting a third line guy that can help you out. 
And then we know that the cost for, for those guys is way, 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 way more reasonable at the deadline. It's yep. usually still a little too high. But you're st- you're talking about like, oh, a third round pick or a second round pick or you know, something like that. It's a way different like, value conversation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a completely it's a completely different world that you're that you know, totally different waters that you're swimming in. If you're going out and you're like, oh, hey, we need like a bottom six guy to shore these things up. You know, they got Cogliano for a fifth last year. They got Nico Sturm for Tyson Jost. Like, yep. you can look at those and say, all right, those were not really, really, really like high valued assets there. For sure. Uh, I don't see too many more questions, so I guess we're going to wrap this up. AJ, any final thoughts since it's been a while since you've been on the show? No. I mean, I'm good. I mean, there isn't anything to say about the game, so there I, really I, I is trust. Not. <laughs> I tr- I, well, and I'm writing all the fucking recaps anyway. So any, yeah. anybody that's curious about how I feel about anything, all those articles are free, guys. There you go. Die Hard season. There are still a couple of tickets left for the takeover and party bus. Also, like literally, like less than five. So be sure to. Get in on that. You can go to DNVR Locker. Get your tickets now. There are some seats available if you already have your ticket to the game, though. You can pick up those. And some of those people are getting to go down to sit on the bench for warm-ups. Yeah, straight up. I I don't understand, like, the whole diehard thing. Like, that, it doesn't get any more diehard. I did that once back in the day a million years ago, sat on the bench for warm-ups. It is very cool. Eight of you are getting selected if you you buy a party bus ticket to sit on the bench for warm-ups. So, super awesome thing. Winnipeg's having a heat wave right now, all right? It's 10 de- <laughs> it's 10 degrees right now, which is 30 degrees warmer than it was just a couple of days ago. It it yeah, and we're having a down it's heat wave this weekend. Straight up heat wave this weekend is going to be right around 30 degrees. That is hot. <laughs> Dude, I'm so looking forward to it. And no, <laughs> The answer is not to trade Gerard. They were never going to keep Kadri in the offseason. This is the short-sighted stuff that kills me. They were not giving that guy a seven-year deal. Calgary is going to hate the end of that contract. They may not even get to the end of that contract before they start hating it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get that close to the end of the deal, for sure. Uh, anyway, we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all y'all hanging out, sending us your questions. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, game day, the usual stuff there. Uh, And then we're off Saturday and another game Sunday. So we hope to see you at those. Until then, we will talk to you later.